lovely listeners. You are back with another episode of Maybe Mummy Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you are doing really well. I know at the moment times are a little bit confusing in addition to the weather and lockdown and everything else that comes in between. I hope you have found a lovely, calm place to listen to this episode. It's a slightly different one this week, just purely because I've broken it down into an update from myself and an interview with, funnily enough, my best friend Carly. The interview with Carly does feature her daughter, Asta, who is 11 months old at the moment, and she is full of personality. So if it's something that you find is difficult to listen to, please be aware that you will hear a little person's very big voice quite a lot throughout the interview. I have also cut it um, and edited it quite a bit, so it may be a little bit static, but go with me on this. The interview itself is a fantastic episode, purely because it's full of laughter, um, baby noises, and it's a really happy interview. Carly talks about her experiences with pregnancy, being labelled a geriatric mother and what happens after you've actually had a baby. So it's quite an interesting one and as I said I will also be including just a small update about where I'm currently at in the current day. So sit back, relax and I will speak with you soon. Hello everyone. I hope you're all doing really, really well. Um, Let me start by saying that I am sorry. I have been a little bit distant, shall we say, for the past week or so. Um, Because of lockdown and obviously recording during lockdown and everything, it feels like it's all the weeks are just blending into one at the moment. So um, I have also sort of been avoiding a lot of things I guess really. Um, I have just sort of felt that my mental health has kind of overtaken me a lot more than I anticipated. I've worked really hard on um, sort of making sure that I I keep a a level head about things and that I'm not too overly emotional and that um, you know it's just one of those take every day as it comes sort of situations but just where um, there's been a lot of question marks that aren't getting answered um, it's it's becoming quite overwhelming for me so I've kind of avoided things that I really enjoy doing like recording this podcast and really sort of putting myself out there and throwing myself into things that usually would make me um, quite happy and bring me quite a lot of joy Um, I've actually just sort of more shied away from everything and sort of try to put my focus into other things like going to the gym or just hiding really just having as little human contact as possible other than obviously my husband and perhaps close family members who are nearby or live nearby to me like my sister Um, I have had quite sort of a few busy weekends as well and it's just meant that I haven't really had 
the time that I would put aside to record an episode or edit an episode properly. Um, And for that, I am really sorry. I have been missing sort of reaching out to all of you. But on some sort of more positive information and positive notes, we now have an Instagram page. Woohoo! I'm not sure if you follow Facebook, but um, I did sort of put a little bit of information up there. But it's a really simple way to find the Instagram page. It's Maybe Mummy Podcast or at Maybe Mummy Podcast if you're looking for it. And I guess that for me has been really inspiring and inventive and it's been helpful to be quite creative because I'm sort of creating little posts and things like that and adding bits and pieces to that but it's also um it's now where I think I can have all of my um sort of the trying to conceive community and the IVF community and the fertility and um community or infertility community is where I can have all of that information whereas before it was on my personal account and you know that's great and everything but I actually found that I was not using my personal account because I found it too upsetting because there was a lot of people who when you've got the whole trying to conceive um community or the the hashtag TTC I wasn't sort of seeing the people who were in the same situation as myself, as in you've been slogging it out for a good couple of years or something. I was seeing all of the posts that were, yeah, we're pregnant now, off we go and we're in our pregnancy. And that's where I think my mental health had sort of really slipped because, um, well, I'll be honest, it's... We're now back into normal cycles, you know, after the blighted ovum and the DNC. It does it does take a little while for your body to sort of get back in into sync. So I think um, I'm now in my sort of technically my third cycle after the the DNC, um, and it's yeah it's just one of those kind of things that I I didn't think that last cycle last month or whatever you want to call it was going to be that month um even though you know we did give it a good shot around but it uh, for me at the moment a lot of it is I'm over analyzing um which I do tend to often do um and it 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 especially happens when I'm feeling quite low about things or I'm anxious or I'm uncomfortable I guess um I think there's a lot for me that is going on in the world that is yeah it's 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 very frustrating there's like I said there's loads of question marks that I don't have any as the control for and um I'd like to give a a shout out to my mum who and my dad obviously but my mum is um, this incredible woman who my parents before my sister and I were born um, went through their own own trials and tribulations when it came to trying to conceive um, for reasons that I'm sure I'll go into another stage in another episode where I, I will I will interview both of them um but my mum is a warrior in terms of you know she's gone through and she's had to watch a lot of um sadness from the sidelines because it's not happened to her it's actually been happening to me 
but she at the same time still gives me this great support she's an amazing mum and this past weekend just gone um she just let me just let it all out on her and it's been really healing for me um because it means that I can just take a breather and have somebody else go right okay this is how this is going to happen. This is how that's going to happen. You try and do this, do that. For me, it's I do that on a daily basis in my head, but it doesn't always work out the way that I want it to go, which is exactly what's happening in my life at the moment, that I don't really have, or I don't feel as though I have much, but my mum made me feel 10 times better and just let me let it all out. Um, and as much as my husband and I are great communicators as well, I'm sure anyone who is in the whole trying to conceive situation, it's something that is on your mind all the time. There isn't a day that goes by or sometimes even an hour that goes by where you're not thinking, right, okay, well, does this mean this? Or should I try that? Or have I eaten this? And how much water have I taken? Should I be doing that exercise? It's just for me, it can be a bit overwhelming. And I really felt as though after the blighted ovum, I had got into sort of a really nice rhythm of just being all like, eh, well, okay, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, eh, we'll just keep trying. And now I'm starting to ramp back up of going, right, well, I need to eat this at this time of the month and I need to do this. And maybe if I stick my legs in the air or if I stay in bed for a little bit. And it's just because I don't have much else going on in terms of I'm not happy where I'm working. I'm not happy with... I don't have a purpose or a focus or, or, you know, I'm not growing a human. So my energy is not going into that. It's not going into, I don't know, planning a nursery or, or thinking about what kind of exercise I'm going to do. It's all just quite low. And I'm just trying to sort of allow myself to just float along and be all happy and chill out and whatever else. But I won't lie to you guys, it's very, very hard to do that. And anybody who is going through infertility or fertility issues or just started or going through fertility treatment of some form, you seriously, all of you, both men and women, mums on their own, dads on their own, same sex couples, Anybody who's doing whatever it is that you are doing to try and achieve your goal of being having a family that consists outside of yourself, your significant other, if you have one, and perhaps a, a few fur babies you may have, you're all warriors. You're so, so strong. I, I don't think until people are in the same situation as you, as in desperately wanting to have a family, desperately wanting to have a miniature you, they will never really understand the stresses and the strains and the real hardship that we go through, especially when it doesn't happen straight away. And when perhaps sometimes if you've got your expectations up too high or, you know, a lot of people who do say, I've heard it quite a lot this weekend of just relax, just let it happen. Trust me, I've tried that. I've tried to just not think about it, but when you want it so much and we're the kind of family who, for me, my family, def definitely, when you're the kind of family who goes out and gets the things that you want and you work hard for it, it's really hard to just kind of be like, eh, okay, you know, cool, whatever. 
But I am trying really hard. I'm just trying to be smart, I guess, with what I am doing at the moment. I'm trying not to get myself wound up or getting stressed out if we didn't have enough sex or if we had too much sex or what am I eating this month and whatever. I'm just trying to be smart with what I'm doing. I'm trying to lose a bit of weight, but I'm trying to also do that in a smart way. I don't want to sort of suddenly lose like 10 pounds in a week because I know that that's not going to be healthy for me and it's not going to, it's all going to come back. So I am just trying to make sure that I am eating healthy food. I am vegetarian, I'm sure I've said before. So I'm trying to sort of listen to what the my consultants and things have said to me before in terms of cut down in your sugar. So I've started um, having agave nectar, I think that's how you say it, rather than sugar sugar, which I'm sure is probably still wrong. I'm sure I should probably try honey um, rather than agave nectar. But it's it, for me, it tastes exactly the same. Um, I usually do have sweetener, but it's just my husband has sugar. It's annoying to sort of try and be like I'll do sugar and he'll do sweetener and blah, blah, blah. so um yeah I've been trying that trying to cut down on what I'm having sugar wise I'm conscious of what I'm eating so yes I am having and upping my sort of fruits and veg and things and the types of fruits and vegetables I'm having um are you know rich in all the the, the vitamins and everything else that I need or supposedly need or that are good for um uh you know fertility and the uterine lining so I guess in that respect you know I'm trying in that sense but I obviously I have no idea whether I have a fertilized egg in my body at the moment it could all be for nothing but for me I'm just trying to yeah be smart about what I'm doing and try and choose the healthier choices and up in my protein and drinking more water and just trying to I guess, have the control that I don't feel that I have in pretty much every other aspect of my life in the smaller things that I can do myself. So yes, that is working out. It's what I'm putting into my body so that I can get the best out of it. And I'm also going to sort of start trying to do a lot more sort of mindfulness um, experiments, I guess. Um, I'm not very good at meditating because my brain never seems to just want to shut up and switch off. And, you know, it's that whole thing of it's to help you get pregnant, have at least seven to eight hours of sleep. I barely sleep as it is. I'm a terrible sleeper and I always have been. So when you're then going, oh my God, I need to, I need to be having, you know, six hours. It's, it's now going to be four hours sleep. Uh, it's, it's pretty hard, but I'm thinking if perhaps maybe if I start being a bit more mindful and taking, I don't know, five, 10, maybe 15 minutes as I'm winding down to go to bed of just having something on or whether it's in the background or I don't know, I'm going to give it a go and see if that helps. But if anyone has done anything like that before, I have done affirmations before and they kind of they've helped but they haven't really they've also just made me a little bit more like well this isn't happening nothing's you know I'm telling my body that I am ready and why isn't it happening so I'm, I'm not going to go down that route but if anyone's done any meditations before especially that are good for fertility or that sort of have something around that um 
that that way of thinking then it would be great to know about because I'm kind of clueless and I'm very much a beginner and don't really know what I'm doing but for now I am just going to crack on really I'm kind of post ovulation but I'm not getting myself all too het up about things I'm just I've got a a busy-ish sort of week coming up and then I'm actually away on holiday for the next two weeks so I'm hoping that in this week that I'm leading up to going away the bank holiday weekend um, I'm hoping that I'll be able to get my sort of final episode um, recorded which I have an idea about but we'll see how we go um, and then yes I'm gonna have a little break for a little while um, and I think you guys need a bit of a break from me as well but of course if there's anything that I need to update or if I get anybody who would like to tell their story I will definitely be keeping everybody up to date on Facebook and everything else and Instagram and who knows I may have Twitter next you never know but I'm not very technical so I tap very much but for now I am going to leave you with my um, next little section of this episode and and I'm really hoping that you're all doing really really well I will speak with you very soon and I love you lots tell me about having Sophia what is this <laughs> um, having Sophia, what, like the bit the before and all of it? Yeah, all of it, everything, all the ugly, beautiful details. Um, so, my plan have been together for just over a year. Um, and then unplanned, completely unplanned, because we were very new, um, <laughs> on race weekend, I was working, it was Hennessy, um, and I was like, okay, my period is definitely late, um, did a test, and it was pregnant, my dad was living with me at the time, or with us, um, so I remember having, to, I did it in the bathroom, I was to wash my hair, and then ran up the stairs, and I had to like, text my, like, come upstairs, <laughs> Because I also couldn't let my dad know. Yeah. Um, and, and that was kind of the start of baby number one. Yeah. Yeah. Baby number two. We're not talking about you yet, are we? We'll get to you. Yes, we will. <laughs> so how did you find, like, the, the pregnancy with Sophia? Um, she was a breeze. An absolute breeze. And I think... I was going for my 20 week scan and my boss looking at me saying you're not even taking it, why are you going? Because I wasn't even showing, I was like there was nothing. It was, I literally had zero side effects as far as anyone else was concerned. Like, there wasn't even a baby! <laughs> Thank you. What were you saying? So yeah, as far as pregnancy goes, she was, she was easy. Um, she was 10 days late. Set the tone from her life, relate <laughs> to everything. Um, yeah, had a natural birth, no painkillers. I had, was I was given gas and air, but it didn't wasn't for me. I couldn't get on with it. I couldn't like didn't feel anything from it. I wasn't getting any effect. Um, I tried to have a water birth, 
Um, well, it didn't work because it just went on too long. I was in labour like 20 hours. Um, I got in the water too early, so I didn't have contractions down. It relaxed you too much. Just, yeah, I was waiting. I got in there way too early. I should have done it. Um, so I ended up having a just, yeah, naturally on a big double bed in the water birthing suite. Nothing. Although towards the end, I was I was I was tired and I was really struggling to get her out. And I remember people saying to me, "Unless you focus and start pushing, I'm gonna drag her out with some forceps." And I remember I when Mum had me, she I had forceps, mm. and I remember her telling me stories about how awful it was, and I I didn't want forceps. <laughs> there was no way she was going up there with those pliers <laughs> and dragging out that baby, <laughs> and that that made me like okay. I need to go on with this. The fear. <laughs> the fear. Utter fear. <laughs> I think it was at that moment, having Sophia, that I learned that when you become a mum, you need to see at the door, like yeah. there's, your legs are in the air, everyone's looking at you, um, things happen that you don't expect to happen, you think your partner's never going to love you the same way ever again. Um, um, yeah, and then she came, and now we're, we're 15 years down the line. I know. 15 years today. 15 years today. Crazy. What time was she born? Uh, 9.50 in the evening, so 10 to 10. So she, as she told me this morning, I couldn't kiss her, because technically it's not her birthday. So, fast forward then, I guess, to, well, 14 years later. So, yeah, tell me what happened before... The in between 14 year bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had Sophia, that was lovely. Um, I got married, that was lovely, I guess, at the time. Um, and then Sophia was probably three, four, um, and I wanted to have baby number two. Um, and we tried a lot. Um, and it got to the point, and you'll um, sympathise with this because you know where my, your head's at, but yeah. you become obsessive. And I had every ovulation kit on the market. Mm -hmm. I had every temperature chart that I could possibly write on. And it, I became obsessive um, because you do just want it so badly. Yeah. Um, and kind of never happened but um that was that and after a few years I just gave up and genuinely honestly believed I was never going to have any more that was it I was like also my body doesn't want to carry two one's one's one and I'm done with this one and done one and done um and that moment of realizing that probably changed the relationship between me and Mike because I wasn't getting what I wanted from it. Mm -hmm. um, Did you guys do like any tests or anything? Did you go to the doctors um, I about stuff? I had tests done and it was fine. Um, he didn't want to go to the doctors. He was like, it's not going to happen naturally. It's not going to happen at all. Um, we were just on different pages. So do you think... Um, this is a bit of a harsh question, but do you feel like that may have been sort of the 
start of the yeah. breakdown. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Because what whilst we were as a couple we were fine, there was something lost because it was at that point where I realised that to me, sex was all about having a baby. Yeah. And when I wasn't getting that in result, I didn't want to have sex anymore. I'm, I'm done. And then so that, that element of relationship was just, it was gone. Yeah. Um, and then everything that happened. Everything else. Yeah. It's a whole different subject and <laughs> not related. <laughs> um, so yeah, fast forward a little bit further into Mike and I had parted company and we've gone our separate ways and it was all very amicable and very lovely. Um, oh, I'll get you all back. And I met Tom. Um, and within three months of being with him, I was pregnant. Like, who knew that was ever going to happen? Because I convinced myself, clearly, after 10 years of whatever, it, it wasn't happening. Not happening. Esther? No, you think. What have I done? Um, but because it was. Same much <laughs> um, we weren't very ready at all. Um, we processed, thought about it a lot. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of discussions about it, a lot of arguments about it. When you're quite fresh into a relationship, it's quite that full on. You'll know that from mm -hmm. your first time with hubby. Um, and that we, we ended up deciding that we, you know, we weren't ready, it wasn't the right time, it was, you know, we hadn't even mentioned with parents, you know, it was just ridiculous. Um, and I, I contemplated like adoption and everything else, but it just it wasn't going to work. So, anyway, we, we ended up having a, a determination. Um, but because I owned an RD back for so bloody long, um, I was. Quite, not quite hard on, but I was, you know, 10 weeks, which is quite far in the grand scheme of things. Like, it's like quarter pregnancy, isn't it? Um, so I ended up having, I was always sedated from there, I had a sweep, whatever you call it. I do. Vacuum, yeah. Um, and then instantly regretted it. <laughs> instantly. I remember sitting there with John in the waiting room and they put it like a cannula in. Yeah. And he was like, why are we doing this? It's, it's going, it's going. But it was, it was too late. I'd already taken a tablet. Wow, so you've taken the, the first one that's stopped it. Yeah. So that was, that was quite traumatic quite early on in our relationship. And I think from that point on, whether we both wanted to have a baby at some point, I think we would have had one at some point anyway. Um, did we even for a second envisage it would be 12 months later that I fell pregnant again? Mm. Um, no, yeah, I think that okay. wasn't planned. Stay again, <laughs> yeah, it was all it did really happen, um, like, yeah, like, okay, but yeah, um, sometimes it's just meant to happen, isn't it? Just meant to be. And but I think that was a, a little bit of naivety on my part because. I've gone on the pill to yeah. prevent anything from happening again that we weren't ready for. Um, and then I had that episode of my whole head thing and they yeah. swapped my pill over because of stroke association or whatever else. Um, 
Um, and the new pill they put me on just didn't agree with me at all. It was, I was having hot flushes. I, I genuinely thought I'd taken menopause and it was awful. Um, so I said to John, I'm going to stop taking it, get back to a normal cycle, yeah. and then I'll get an injection or an implant or something different. I can't keep taking this tablet. It's, it's yeah. the bane of my life. Um, and so I stopped taking my tablet. Okay, then I came back. I remember being in my kitchen on my birthday and saying to you, mm. how long does it take? And we were Googling it. It was like, oh, it could be up to six months. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to stop worrying. There's nothing to worry about here. Because that was when I was also... Yeah, you I, were. I think I told you. Yeah, at that then. same time. Yeah, so I already was. And yeah. I don't, think, I don't think I was at that time because, like... You, I think yeah. I was gonna say I think literally you must have today. conceived around your <laughs> actual birthday. Because yeah. just literally yeah. When I work stuff. it back, I think it's my birthday that week anyway. So we had a lovely little surprise. In mm -hmm. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. And although we, were, I think we were still fresh in our relationship. Um, we had at least managed to buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> and we were relatively settled. Um, so that, that's commitment when you like have a mortgage, isn't it? So we were definitely probably going to be together for a while. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't so bad when... So how was your pregnancy with Asta? Um, again, no, I had no, the, no symptoms. The only reason that I and I didn't think I was pregnant it was John that said to me you're pregnant because I took my bra off one night I was like oh god my boobs are sore and he's like you are pregnant and I was like no I'm not I'm just stop taking the pill like a little while ago it takes six months to get back to normal you can't get pregnant that quickly stop being ridiculous apparently you can get pregnant that quickly um so it was him that spotted it and I went and bought a test and yeah anyway. but yeah she was um yeah I had a okay pregnancy no issues at all really um I had like routine bloods taken at the beginning of my booking in appointment, um, and that's where they found that I had um, I was carrying group strep B. Yeah. Group. Was it group strep? Yeah. Group strep. Yeah. Group yeah. Um, so I just had to be a little bit cautious um, if I still had it when I went into labour. Yeah. Um, Did they test for that like all so, the way yeah, through? Yeah. So no, I got tested again at. They don't test you again until 37 weeks, so when you're classed as... Because the, the tests are only valid for like a, a seven day period, because it's like... It's, it, my midwife said to me, it's like having thrush, but downstairs internally rather than in your throat. Yeah. Um, or like having tonsillitis or, or whatever, just an infection. Um, but it's, it's dormant most of the time. Um, so you can have it and, and never know. Yeah. Um, and the only problems it can cause is if there's a transfer during labour because it's in your cervix when yeah. baby comes out if it if it touches their skin or gets into their fluid it can make them quite poorly um so i was tested again and i was still positive um just before my due date um so we just agreed that when i go into labour to let the labour team know that i was a dubious carrier and then just hooked you up on antibiotics yeah um Whilst you're in labour, which they did, you meant to have two hours worth of antibiotics to make sure you're absolutely fine to deliver. Yeah. 
Um, I only had a half an hour round because she came really quickly. She just slid out of the bar of soap. <laughs> she didn't want to wait. Um, but it was enough, obviously, to, I hope, not have caused any lasting effects. Um, so during your, um, your whole pregnancy, obviously there's, it's the whole thing that once you're, that's a nice Asta. <laughs> when you hit like a certain age, I think it's if you fall pregnant after you're 35, you're known as a, a I hate the term, yeah, you're known as a geriatric mother. I always only ever thought of the word geriatric as with sort of more, well, elderly Old people, people. <laughs> yeah, like not in a horrible way, but, but, um, how did that sort of make you feel? Like when you went to NCTs, was it? Yeah. Did you have a lot of like other mums a lot of and stuff? People, um, and I hadn't really even thought about it. I think it crossed my mind when I found out I was pregnant that I was probably old, or an, an old age to be having the baby anyway. In in the grand scheme of things, um, when I went to the midwife and she was like, "Oh, because you're thirty five plus and older mums, so we need to just keep an eye like." gestational diabetes and other things that old people get um i'm 40 yet come on um but yeah i went to an nct class and there's a lot of in the early 20s um i think i probably met one other mum that was in her early 40s and everyone else was like just super young yeah and did it make you sort of feel uncomfortable at all or or did actually do you, did you feel a lot more like yeah, positive? Because yeah, yeah, I think you've if it had been my first, I think it would have been a bit more daunting and a bit more um, scary because I wouldn't have known um, what to expect, I guess. But I think because it was my second time round, um, and it wasn't a full NCT course; it was two sessions. And because I had experience, it just I felt like. I could share that with the group rather than just sitting there like, oh, I don't know what's going on or I've never seen these diagrams or pictures before or whatever it might have been or medical terms they talk about. I, I, I've been there, so I had something to share with the group, which yeah. is, was quite a nice feeling to have rather than you just sometimes go to places, don't you? You sit there, yeah. you don't talk to anybody and then you leave <laughs> and you just hope you've learned something along the way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't, yeah, I wasn't phased by it. I was aware that I was definitely older, um, but not, it didn't like bother me too much. Good. I don't even know which order I'm going to do them in, to be fair. <laughs> um, so I'll start with the tests question. So with your previous relationship, what tests did you have? Do you remember? No. Do you remember any of the advice or things the um, doctors I, I may have said to you? I didn't really get you. anything. I remember I had my bloods taken um, and I phoned up to get the results and they just went, everything's fine. The doctor doesn't need to see you. It was like the receptionist reads out the results. Um, and that was the end of that. There was no follow-up. Really? Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't follow up with them because they told me everything was fine. Well, the receptionist told me everything was yeah. fine. Um, Do you remember, like, your doctor sort of suggesting your 
um, that well that might should perhaps be tested, or was it just so something you thought was a problem? Yeah, I think it was just I want I'd gone for my own peace of mind to get myself tested because I wanted just to make sure that it wasn't me that was now the problem because you know I've, I've had a baby why can't I have another baby? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I just went. Did I have his full approval to go into the testing? I, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe not. Would he, in fact, have gone for tests? No, he wouldn't. Um, he was very much of the, if it doesn't happen naturally, then it doesn't happen at all. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't remember really there being any kind of, like, advice or anything. I just remember having my blood, I took my blood, and that was, that was kind of the end of that little journey. <laughs> That was that. Yeah, like nowadays, I think there's much. It's much more of a spoken about subject. There's more. There's definitely more help out there than there was. Yeah. Like ten years ago, eight years ago. Okay. Um. So I'll kind of work backwards with this then. Um, if you could go back and change anything during your entire journey. So that includes obviously having Sophia, etc. What would it be? And there's obviously you can have a multitude of different things. Lord, would I change anything? I think I'd like to have had children closer together <laughs> and four of them rather than two. Um, would I have changed? Like forcing White to have gone down a different road. No, but I think we are where we are, and I am where I am because of what's happened. So I probably wouldn't have changed that. Um, I think this time round, I probably, if I could go back like ten months and have a newborn again, um, I'd probably change a couple of things in terms of, like, I was so happy to eventually be having a baby as much as it was like a massive shock and I did not ever see that coming <laughs> um but I, I and John's probably the same we probably I know they say you can't love a baby too much we probably did love her a little bit too much in those early days um even her first night in hospital she wouldn't sleep in a cot so I stepped with her on me and that's where we still are 10 months down the line because <laughs> She's just a, a tactile kind of girl. And do I wish, should I have done something differently and made her more independent already? I don't know. Part of me thinks that I could have done things differently um, with her to make her sleep in a cot. Because Sophia was sleeping three by three months and on a bottle. Whereas Asta's still exclusively breastfed and thinks it's a buffet 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so probably nothing massively that I would change. I think I have regrets about terminations, and you know, I've, I've had I've had two. Like I had them before Sophia, like when I was really really young. But that's another subject. Ow, that's that. You're pulling. Um. See, so I don't think I'd probably change too much because it has got me to the position that I am in now where I, you know, thankfully um, we've got 
Have you found it hard um, having her, um, it sounds silly to say, during lockdown, but you, obviously she's no, not been... Definitely, because, well, we've just started doing, like, baby classes mid-December, um, and we've started baby sensory classes in January. We've just started to get a little, like, group where... The babies were all the same age, they were all born within like a couple of weeks of each other. Yeah. Um, and it was nice to have that like, once or twice so we could get out and go to like the weigh-in on a Friday. Um, and then you hit lockdown and you, there's, suddenly there's nothing. You can't do anything. So we've gone like March to now and she's not seen like another baby. Yeah. She doesn't know how to play with other babies when she sees like, she only knows Sophia and like, yeah, it's obviously the yeah, complete um, change of age gap. Yeah, stuff, so. well, I think she's definitely missed out on having that social interaction with other babies. Um, and I know you shouldn't compare one child to another, but I think I've missed not being able to see what other kids the same age are doing. The last two questions are basically just like advice questions. So first one would be... Um, what advice would you give to anyone who has just found out that they're pregnant and they're worrying about their relationship? And that sounds like a, a full-on well, loaded question. Full-on question. But yeah, you've been in a in well, both relationships were still sort of yeah, fairly really new. Yeah, I'd say. So I think it's, and I've learned this. It's it's definitely about communication. You've got to talk to each other. Yeah. Um, because it is quite daunting finding out that you're pregnant, especially if it's quite new into relationship. Well, any time to be fair, it's like ten years down the line, it's quite a it's a lot of emotion to take in. Um, so you've got to be ready to be open and honest because when you get to that labour room and you're giving birth, like your partner's going to see things that you never ever thought you'd want him ever to see mm -hmm. um, so yeah i think you're going to talk and just build that relationship so that you've got that close bond because you, you need that when you've got the baby at the end of it because otherwise you're going to feel very alone um you need them to be especially now i'm not even dad so i want to be like super involved yeah um when we were when i was a Long time ago, baby. My <laughs> dad just went to work and maybe saw you of an evening or maybe a weekend. Whereas now, my dad's a, I'm, I'm more hands on. John's never changed a nappy and she's 10 months old, but <laughs> <laughs> he's hands on in other ways. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd say my advice would be just to be open and honest with each other. Um, don't hide things. If you've got a worry, talk about it. Um, even if you think it's minimal. Even if you know, it's a pregnancy-related thing that you've got to worry about and you might think it sounds gross or disgusting or you're embarrassed to talk about it, you've just got to just be open. And don't worry because they, you know, they're just boys. <laughs> boys are simple creatures. Exactly Very simple creatures. With fear and feel. <laughs> don't be afraid to cry. One thing I've learned, I'm, I'm quite good at bottling my emotions. I've found that I do that a lot at the moment, actually, to be um, fair. So, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to 
Let it, let it all out. <laughs> you need to be first every now and then. Yeah, you let it all out too, babe. You're very good at that, aren't you? Okay, there we go. And then last, last bit of advice, please. Um, what would you say or what advice would you give to, and um, I hate it, but not that, an older, <laughs> older man. Five-year-old women having babies, and they're okay. That's true. What's what's Bernie Eccleston's like? Yeah, eighty-five. Okay, his wife's probably in her twenties, but you know, age is—it's just a number. And just embrace it, enjoy it. You might have to have a few extra tests. Um, like they offer you extra, like so my lovely listeners i hope you enjoyed today's episode um i will be deciding in the next few days if i have the opportunity to record my potential how to make a baby episode for anybody who may be interested um that will then be the final episode before i go on holiday for a couple of weeks and perhaps take a bit of a break i'm still looking to have more people on the show so it would be great if you wanted to get involved you can get in touch with me on now instagram at maybe mummy podcast you can find me on facebook and that is maybe mummy podcast super simple and if you'd like to email me i do check my emails regularly the email address is maybe mummy podcast at gmail.com but for now i hope you all take care stay safe and i will speak with you again very very soon to bring you more from maybe mummy podcast <laughs>